హలో హాయ్ దేర్ వెల్కమ్ టు గైడింగ్ వాయిస్ పాడ్కాస్ట్ సిరీస్ ది గైడింగ్ వాయిస్ ఫర్ ఎ బెటర్ ఫ్యూచర్ దిస్ పాడ్కాస్ట్ ఈస్ టు హెల్ప్ స్టూడెంట్స్ అండ్ యంగ్ ప్రొఫెషనల్స్ టు షేప్ దేర్ కెరియర్స్ డియర్ లిస్నర్స్ ఇన్ ఎవ్రీ ఎపిసోడ్ వీ ఇంటరాక్ట్ విత్ ఇండస్ట్రీ ఎక్స్పర్ట్స్ అండ్ సీజన్ లీడర్స్ టు డ్రైవ్ సమ్ ఇన్సైట్ఫుల్ కాన్వర్జేషన్స్ దట్ విల్ హెల్ప్ అవర్ ఆడియన్స్ లర్న్ గ్రేట్ థింగ్స్ ఆల్సో వీ షేర్ అన్ ఇంట్రెస్టింగ్ ట్రివియా ఆర్ ఫన్ ఫ్యాక్ట్ అబౌట్ ది ఐటి వరల్డ్ టువర్డ్స్ ది ఎండ్ ఆఫ్ ఎవ్రీ ఎపిసోడ్ Thank you for tuning in. This is Naveen and I'm with my co-host Sudhakar. So dear listeners, we are going to discuss a rarely spoken topic that is dreaming big. And to be part of this special global CXO series, we are pleased to welcome Arvind to our show today and talk about this intriguing subject. Arvind Chaturvedi has over 30 years of experience in working and leading teams across various geographies and continents arvin has worked with organizations in both public and private sectors in his illustrious career arvin has managed organic and inorganic growth and operated large multifunctional teams across geographies driving transformation and change wherever necessary that is to deliver best business outcomes and measurable benefits having known arvin personally being the people person he loves to interact with people across generations or i would say people love to interact with him arvin has a consistent track record of commercial success in growth and turnaround situations in managing large pnl and cost centers along with building and leading large multidisciplinary teams with a focus on maximizing performance and development arvind it's a privilege to host you welcome to our show thank you sudhakar thank you navin for that uh, wonderful introduction i was listening to it very keenly as well so that you know guys uh, but thank you thank you for having me on the show arvind as part of today's topic of dreaming big let's jump in right into it to become a seasoned global executive like you when should one start planning for it so i think uh, there's no good time or not a good time for that matter for doing good things right and growth is something that i think every individual whatever age should be thinking about should be working towards and should be planning for mm-hmm. to answer your question when should one start thinking about what you want to achieve what you want to be thinking big etc well this today is a good time now is a good time i would say if you have not already started doing that because your thought define your actions and your action define your destiny remember that and if you think you know that you want to get there and you will get there i can assure you because your actions will follow your thoughts and 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 get you there so the thinking is extremely important the dreaming is extremely important you need to know that um, those who have made it big probably dreamt about it very early in their lives they knew what they were going to do they knew what they wanted to achieve one more thing it's not so much about what you want to achieve for yourself and that's the other important piece that you need to remember you need to remember that you know your goals should be attached to what you want to bring to the ecosystem that you exist within and if your goals are aligned with that and you're thinking big my friends you will achieve it excellent thank you arvin thoughts define actions and actions define your destiny that's great summary thank you then what does it take to dream big now you said you need to start dreaming big now and now is the best time but what does it take 
Well, it's, uh, I, I sort of touched upon that uh, in answering the first question, Sudhakar. It is about what you stand for. It's defining what you stand for. It's defining what you're passionate about. It's defining what you think you want to bring to the world. What value can you create for the world, essentially. And each one has their own uh, destination that they want to chalk out for themselves, to identify for themselves and then chalk out the path towards it for themselves. So it is really individual. One can define where one needs to go and how they need to get there as well. It is up to you. It is about up to you know each individual to, to decide for themselves what that destination looks like. What do they want to do? The important thing, as I said earlier, is that it cannot be about you. It cannot be about me making millions. It cannot be about you know I being the richest man on the face of the earth. It has to be about what I can bring to the table. You know. For the ecosystem that I exist within, for the society, uh, I don't know, for the employer that I work for, for the team that I work within, you know, for the community that I represent, various ecosystems that we are all associated with at all times. And we as individuals sit at the intersection of many of these ecosystems which uh, we are part of. And each of those ecosystems actually gives you an opportunity to define what that destination looks like. If you're watching closely, if you're looking closely, and if you see what that ecosystem is about and where it needs to be, where it needs to go, you can be that catalyst that makes that change happen. And when you think as such, when you think about what I call selfless goals, and I'm not the only one who's calling this, it's not a phrase invented by me, it's, it's a well-known phrase, selfless goals. People have achieved great things in life, people who have achieved greatness are usually people who have pursued selfless goals. So as long as your goal is selfless, as long as your goal is about giving value to the ecosystem that you operate within, it could be any one ecosystem, it could be all the ecosystems that you operate within that you create value for. And trust me, the ecosystem will pay you back. You'll automatically, the, the more selfish pursuits, if I might, I might call them that, will automatically be achieved as long as you're pursuing selfless goals. So take that away as a thought and, and see how you process it. Sure, Arvind. So the message is clear, it's not about self and what one can bring to the table and add value to the ecosystem so that the results will follow. Those are amazing inputs. Arvind, everyone wants to grow big and be in a better stage, both on the personal and professional fronts. But how does one prepare for that? Growing big is about a mindset, Naveen. It is mm-hmm. how your brain works, how you think. That's what defines how where you get to. It is not something which, you know, there's a set path or, or a mantra that I can talk about here, which uh, will allow people to grow big. And then, you know, uh, let's also dwell upon what is big. Big is just a state of mind, quite frankly, at the end of the day. It's how you feel about yourself. And, and big is about how much influence you think you can bring in the context that uh, you exist within. Yeah, Big is about you know how you actually contribute to the context that you exist within. And if you think your purview, your area of influence, whichever way you look at it, is big enough, then you're big. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very relative term, first of all. Yeah, I would like to call that out. And then, you know, like I said, when I started to answer your question, it's all about your mindset. It's all about how you define yourself. It is not about a role. It's not about where you sit in the hierarchy. It's not about you know your title. It's not about what you earn. It's about your attitude. It is about making sure that you are the catalyst to making things happen as opposed to letting things happen to you. That's when you're beginning to get big because you know you are really growing when you have the ability to influence things around you people around you that's when you are growing big and and, you know 
that ability to influence the context within which you are is what big is quote unquote and you know you you need to see what that means in your context and it might be for you you might be existing within a very limited context and that's all right within that context you know can you make things better can you change things for the better can you actually do something different which elevates the context itself yeah mm-hmm. um if you're able to do all of that you're big but that's where it comes from it's it's all about how you think it's about your mindset it's not about how people perceive you what title they uh, associate with you or role they associate with you it's not about that at all you can be at the lowest rung of the so called ladder which i've never found actually in my life to be honest and yet be big because you have the ability to influence the ability to change ability to change for the better does that answer your question avi absolutely i think you brought a different dimension because people have different meanings for big and you have clarified and thanks for the wonderful insights and let me be very clear now when that's my perspective on what big looks like all right it Absolutely. might be completely different from whatever anybody else thinks so respect to all those perspectives okay so arvin there is a lot of importance about the mentorship and we have been interacting with various guests in our previous episodes as well so we would like to understand your view about having mentors to guide through the journey I think uh, mentors are those guiding you know, lights, if you like, that you need along the paths that you've chosen for yourself to make sure that you keep on the path. Don't get distracted. Don't waver. Don't become uncertain of where you want to go along that path and how far do you want to go along that path. Mentors allow you to or help you do all of that. Um, you know, they're not somebody who will hold you by the hand and and take you to where you need to go. don't expect that from mentors but mentors are somebody that you you can always look at to give you the right input good you know whether it's positive it's negative it's good for you at the end of the day is what the mentor thinks about you can having a mentor hence is extremely important because you know as you're going through life as you're going through your career as you're going through whichever aspect of your life actually you always need somebody that you can look at and say okay am i doing this right and if that person nods that sh- that's reassuring if that person shakes the head then they'll probably also go on to say okay what are you not doing right and that helps that just sets the course again for you so i truly truly believe that having a mentor is is extremely important um it's not about you should have a mentor only when you're young you should have a mentor at whatever age you are yeah the nature of mentorship that you need the kind of mentor that you need and how much input you take from the mentor as uh, you progress through life might change yeah and it's got nothing to do with your age or experience at all it could be just the context again the context is all important and within that context how sure are you and how much of uh, you know helping hand do you need defines the extent to which you would use a mentor and defines what kind of mentor you need so you know if you're not got a mentor for yourself my advice to people all around young people especially is see who is there around you within your reach who would be happy to be the mentor that you need to give you that uh, guidance that be the guiding light along the path that you've chosen for yourself arvind continuing on this topic of having a mentor to help you guide in the right direction can you please share a story or an anecdote from your life that actually helped you shape up Yeah no that's uh, that's an interesting question Sudhakar and you know it really sends me down the memory lane to a certain extent if i go uh, you know really far back 
The fact that I chose IT as my field was frankly down to a mentor who I met absolutely incidentally. Uh, nothing else but coincidence, pure coincidence that I met this gentleman who, um, and my curiosity, of course, my curiosity at that at that time, computers and computer science and all that was not so well known. And uh, you know, people in India hardly knew anything about computers. There were very few people who actually had begun to understand what this uh, whole field was about. And those people were sort of the pioneers in many respects um, IT in, in India. And one of those people is who I met. Uh, and my curiosity led to me having a conversation with a gentleman and asking him um, what computers were and how did they work. Mm-hmm. And this is what a good mentor does, right? This gentleman saw the curiosity in me. There was nothing else. There was no other rhyme or reason for him to actually extend his hand and say, come, let me show you the path. He just mm-hmm. saw the curiosity in me. And I think that curiosity was genuine. He would have seen that as being genuine. And he decided that, no, here's a young man who wants to learn. And I know something that I can tell him uh, and show him and teach him. And, you know, there I started my journey towards IT. I was always, you know, keen on being uh, an engineer uh, on the ship or the submarine actually that was my dream from there <laughs> turned into an IT engineer and that was down to this one gentleman who decided that this young man was worth spending time with and, and giving time to he gave me so much time and he gave me so much guidance uh, not in terms of quantum of time it's a quality of time that he gave sure me. okay uh, that almost well almost it definitely changed my whole uh, the course of my life my path Altogether, I chose a different path given this mentoring that I got from this man. And, and I still attribute like a, um, a lot of how I think, uh, what I do, how I you know, mentor and coach youngsters these days. A lot of it comes from what I learned from this gentleman almost 35 years back, maybe more actually. Wow. Yeah. So that's how important mentors are. Mentors can change the course of your life. They can make you do things that you never thought you would ever do. Yeah. And that's why having a good mentor is important. Yeah. I've, I've been lucky. I've been fortunate. At various stages of my life, I've had uh, people who have uh, you know, stood up and, uh, and been the guiding light for me. And uh, you know, I, I can only hope that I continue to be as lucky as I've been to date. <laughs> <laughs> so today we got to know about your dream of becoming a submarine engineer and the mentor's influence of you getting into IT and that's made us fortunate to meet a wonderful leader like you, Arvin. Thank you, Arvin. <laughs> Arvin, you are always engaged with students and professionals across generations. So what are some of the common themes or questions that have stayed with you from those interactions, either for positive or negative reasons? Yeah, no, so, you know, with, with youngsters, it's always positive, right? The negativity comes from the fact that we probably confuse them, actually, to be honest. And, and that's what I would like to reflect on in response to your question, Naveen, because, you know, unfortunately, especially in India, this is more of a phenomenon in India than anywhere else, given what a population is, uh, how many youngsters, you know, graduate out of uh, whatever stream that they have chosen for themselves every year, and, and the stiff competition to make life happen. Generally, all around, I'm not talking about the job alone. Generally, it's a stiff competition to make life happen. Um, you are almost trained, your mind is trained right from the from a very young age, from the beginning, uh, by everyone, the society, friends, the parents, and all because they care for you, by the way, to actually jump into the rat race and start running, running hard. And in that, what happens is that you probably don't even think that you need time to pause and reflect on anything and decide for yourself where is that you're running towards so you know the one thing that has always you know worried me 
let me put it that way because that, I, I don't generally subscribe to worrying because worrying according to me is the most wasteful human emotion it doesn't get anything done actually <laughs> yeah uh, but in this case I truly am worried because I probably feel that cannot do as much as I would like to do all the youngsters uh, who I see uh, you know going through life what worries me is that I find youngsters all around who are probably struggling to keep along the path that they have been put on and I literally mean they have been put on because they probably not chosen it. I come across such youngsters all the time and I worry about the fact that they've already been in a condemned to not succeeding because they've they've been given a path that probably is not even their choice. They've been told to do something. So that's something that has you know probably stayed with me has concerned me constantly and worried me. As a parent, I've always been very clear that uh, with my son, with, with children who, uh, you know, and the family, I've always been very clear that, you know, they do what they like. They choose their own path. And I think that's something that I would like to see change and, and where possible I would like to influence. And I do try to influence, but like I said, I worry because I, I don't think I can influence as many youngsters as are probably getting waylaid because of this phenomenon, essentially, of let's get you to the rat race and make life happen. So that's one thing. The other thing in in the interaction with youngsters, what they ask, you know, this big question about how do I grow? Mm-hmm. You know, Sudhakar or Naveen, one of you asked me that question right up front in this conversation, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know, that concept of growth is probably lost on most people. And I talked about it. I already talked about it a bit. So I'm not going to repeat all of that. But you know, I'm always spending time when people ask me, how do I grow? My answer to them is, you decide how you grow. And that probably confuses them to start with and then I have to go on and to explain that uh, response of mine essentially. I say you decide how you want to grow is because it's your choice really. It's not a linear path or like I said the much talked about ladder that you grow up uh, you know, <laughs> onto. It's really all about the destination that you choose and how you progress to that, how you choose to progress to that destination. And, you know, I asked them to define growth and I've, I've had some wonderful responses, you know, some amusing, some quite frankly disturbing as well as how people, how youngsters look at growth. Some who are completely focused on when I start earning more money, I have grown. Some are focused on when I have a big title, when I become the director or the VP or the MD or whatever, then I have grown. And all of that is good. That's an end point that you want to try and make happen. And that's good. But how do you get along that path? What do I need to do to actually go towards that destination that I'm choosing to go towards? That's lost on all of the message. And that's where I think teachers, mentors, coaches, you know, even family, parents all come into play. You know, and we need to make sure that people understand that to get to along that path, there's a very fundamental underpinning requirement, if you like, which is learning. You have to keep measuring where you stand with respect to that chosen destination and what do you need to do to actually fulfill the gap between where you stand and where you need to be. Arvin, I think those are wonderful uh, inputs again. Slightly changing the topic, uh, Arvin. This question has been on my mind since day one we met. We had about 1,500 employees across Hyderabad and Pune at CDK Global. And you remember each one of their names. Can you share the secret sauce? (laughs) There is no secret sauce, quite frankly. It is really how do you perceive human beings and how do you want to associate with them? That's where it comes from, really. I read that uh, the highest form of respect that you can accord to a human being is to call them by their name. Even if I go to a restaurant, for instance, if the waiter is serving me and if they got a name tag, I read their name tag and then I refer to them with their name. Whether I give a tip or not, at the end of the day, I can assure you I get the best service in the restaurant at the time. Yeah. 
because they feel respected. If they're not wearing a name tag, I make it a point to ask them, "What's your name?" I don't call them "shh" or "hello." That's not the way I address them. I just put up my hand the first time so that they can see that I'm waiting for somebody. And then when they come, the first thing I ask is, "What's your name?" If they're not wearing a name tag, and then from there on. it's a personal conversation with that individual and that makes a huge difference i think if if somebody is looking to be a people leader the first thing they got to understand is how people respond when they are addressed in certain manner and how do you get the best response from the people mm-hmm. and the easiest way to get the best response from people the most positive response the can do response if you like is by actually connecting with them personally and you connect with an individual personally when you identify them as person by their name you know the industry has invented so many terms fte resource human capital and all those wonderful management terms right <laughs> and everybody uses them and i wince when i hear that at the end of the day these are people and if you don't see the person in the individual is working for you chances are that individual will not be fully subscribed to doing what he or she needs to do for you mm-hmm. i tell this to aspiring leaders and leaders on my team as well who are growing through life through the leadership cadres i keep telling them that when a when a person walks into the office the person inside that professional that you know don't know engineer analyst whatever they are yeah mm-hmm. is not a pair of slippers that they've left outside the office when they walked in the person is there and if you connect with the person trust me the professional will work twice as hard to deliver what they need to deliver if you keep talking to the professional all the time keep instructing the professional you'll have lost the person and you'll not even get 50% of what they're capable of bring to the table it's really about respect navin i don't profess to remember every name although uh, <laughs> that's what you said navin you do uh, but I, <laughs> you do arvin <laughs> you remember every employee every individual's name <laughs> i do try very hard is all i can say gentlemen i i try very hard and if if i do forget somebody's name i almost rebuke myself Firing forward in somebody's name, and I, I apologize over to the person whose name I've forgotten and asked their name again, and from there on, make a mental note to remember that name. It's a discipline more than a secret sauce, is all I can say. And the discipline comes from the fact that I want to deal with people in a manner where they feel respected at all times. Excellent. Deal people with respect. Great thoughts, Arvind, as always. Arvind, you know we hear a lot about work-life balance in our personal and professional conversations. especially you know in these unprecedented times what is your take or view on this work life balance and how do you maintain it great question and i, th- <laughs> I think i hear this phrase so many times that you're a great leader yourself and uh, you know with all the teams that you work youngsters that you work i'm sure you hear this all the time navin hears this all the time work life balance i always smile actually when people especially youngsters mention work life balance there are two ways to look at it right one is you you struggle with work life balance when work takes over and you think you don't have any life outside of it and you feel hard done by and then you say my work life balance is not great it's rubbish or whatever but the other way to look at it is if work is so enjoyable that it's part of life then the work life balance is never an issue at all right yeah that's the way i look at it i do what i love doing i have followed my passion i've been fortunate so that you know youngsters who might be listening to this show don't get misled you know you create your own fortune by the way so when i say i've, I've been fortunate i probably have had a hand in being fortunate as well so you know it's you know i've chosen to follow my passion i've chosen to do what i love doing 
you know, think of the great celebrities of India, right? Uh, Sachin Tendulkar. I'm sure he never struggled with work-life balance because for him, <laughs> his work was his life. Think of any great singer, Lata Mangeshkar Ji or whoever. Yeah, I'm sure they never struggled with work-life balance because for them, work was life and life was work. And that's how you got to look at it. You got to ask yourself, am I enjoying doing what I'm doing? Then work-life balance doesn't remain an issue in your mind. If you're, if you're truly enjoying. If you're unfortunately not enjoying what you do, if you have to drag yourself out of bed every day and get to that workplace and do whatever you need to do, almost looking at the clock all the time for six o'clock to happen, or whatever your working hours for that matter, then my friends, unfortunately, you know, you're in the wrong job, you're in the wrong profession. You better reconsider that. And then work-life balance will cease to be an issue in your mind. If once you find your sweet spot, your passion. All I can say is, in response to your question, Sudhakar, I've never worried about work-life balance because for me, work has never been an overhead, an issue. It's been something I've loved to go to every morning. I almost spend a restless night so that next morning happens and I get to work. That's how life has been. It's been great. And I wish that uh, you know many more people enjoy work the way I have done. So I'm eternally thankful for that. And I you know, wish the same to everyone. And especially right. for someone who just started the career, you know, that day one of your professional journey, you start talking about work-life balance. It always baffles me because I remember the days when I started my career way back in 99. You know, I used to spend like 18, 19 hours in office just to ensure that, you know, you get to an opportunity to learn and you have the infrastructure and the environment ready for you to explore and to experiment. Exactly. And if you enjoy that, I'm sure you rush to work every day, right? So yeah, absolutely. And, and dare I say, I mean, uh, some of us still do. You know, I see, uh, you know, you doing that. I've seen Naveen doing that when we were working together. Naveen was full of life and energy and spirit all the time. Contagious, but <laughs> one of the most high-spirited individuals I've ever had. So, so, you know, and, and that comes out of the passion, right? I mean, I'm sure you guys agree with what I've said. That's where I, I would ask youngsters to find their passion and then work-life balance will not be an issue at all. You'll, be, you'll not even think about it. Yeah. Fantastic conversation so far, Erwin. Maybe one last question for today's conversation. So in these tough times, like we cannot miss the topic of COVID-19, uh, which has been uh, in the existence for the last uh, 10 months. And uh, many of the professionals got impacted and at the same time, students who got uh, job offers have been revoked and there is a lot of uncertainty. So what will be your advice for those students who might get delayed in joining an organization or might have not received any job offer yet? Okay, good question and I'm sure very pertinent for many. If you are one of those that Naveen just described who unfortunately hasn't landed a job offer as yet, first of all, I don't want you to feel dejected or disappointed with life at all. Okay, if you're in that space, come out of it right now is my advice to you because frankly, you're just starting your career, starting your life. You'll have 40 years of this <laughs> at least. <laughs> and when, when you get to the other end of it, this little blip where you didn't land an offer in the first six months or one year, even dare I say even longer than that, will not even be noticed by you yourself, forget the others. Yeah. Invest in yourself if you got the opportunity is all I would say. You know, if you've got some time on your hands, invest in yourself. Invest not in terms of, you know, I don't know, whatever you want to invest in. Some, you know, in India, again, uh, folks are driven towards either pursuing something else from certification or academics perspective. And, and that's good. Nothing wrong about that. Um, that's the way you want to invest in yourself, invest in yourself that way. Or invest in yourself in terms of becoming a better person. Or invest in yourself in terms of reading how you can go through life 
or investing yourself by actually doing something for the society that makes you feel good. That's investment in yourself, by the way. So really, it's about using the time effectively rather than sitting and worrying about the fact that you haven't landed a job. There will be many like you if, if you're one of them, unfortunately. But I, I use unfortunately because that's how probably most people see it. But I actually don't see it that way at all. Life has given you some time on your hands. Make good use of it. If you're good at what you do, if you, you're in the field that you have chosen and are passionate about, trust me, it's a matter of time when you land the first job. When we land the first job, from there on, it'll be just, you know, from one to another, to be honest. Use the time in the meantime to understand for yourself where you're going to take, take this meaning in your life. What are you going to do with it? What are the things that matter to you? What are the things that you will try and achieve over your life? Don't make a big detailed plan because, trust me, as you go through life, um, you will you will keep tweaking it all the time. And that's all right. That's not you being flippant or finicky or indecisive. It's just the way life happens. You get to know more things. You learn more things. Uh, and then you decide, okay, I was thinking I'll go along this path, but maybe now I know about this. This, uh, this looks more attractive. This looks my, more like my thing to do. Yeah, And that's okay. That's not you being indecisive at all. If somebody tells you that, tell them, no, I'm being very decisive. I'm deciding that I don't want to go along that path. I want to choose this path now. And that's okay. Okay, But you know, do whatever you want to do to add value to yourself. Learn in whichever way you think is best for you. Everybody has their own way of learning. I've been a teacher. I will always be a teacher. And you know, the one thing I've learned being a teacher is that people have different ways of learning. They have different learning abilities. They have different learning agility. That, Mm -hmm. you know, any of those variations doesn't make one person better than the other or any one person lesser than the other either. It's just how you are. Find that way of learning for yourself, which adds value to yourself, and prepare for life. That's all that you can do. The one thing I would certainly not want you to do is worry about the fact that you've not landed the offer as yet. It's a matter of time. Thanks again for the very detailed uh, explanation and folks over there just don't get bogged down and uh, stay tuned. Absolutely, Naveen. Arvind, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, it's a great learning experience conversing with you and thank you for covering this most intriguing topic of dreaming big. I'm sure like Naveen and I, our listeners will get immensely benefited and be inspired from this conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Sudhakar. Thank you, Naveen, once again for having me on the show. And um, hopefully I have given something here that will be of value to whoever listens to this. So uh, good luck with the show. I think it's a great thing two of you are doing and uh, really appreciate having invited me to this. Thank you. Thank you so much, Arvind. Thanks for the time and all the amazing insights. Not at all. It's been a pleasure. Dear listeners, to know more about our speaker and the content, visit or follow us on social media. We are available on LinkedIn, Facebook, Insta, Twitter, Pinterest, and also on YouTube. Just search for The Guiding Voice and then follow, like, subscribe to us and also please share within your network. Please feel free to email us your thoughts at theguidingvoice4u that is T-H-E-G-U-I-D-I-N-G-V-O-I-C-E four as a digit, U as a letter at gmail.com or WhatsApp us on India number 94945871871 and we will be happy to collaborate with you. All right, so it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode and today's trivia is about email. You know, email existed before the World Wide Web. I'm sure most of us might not be aware of this fact and nowadays 
We don't even think before composing a one-line email message and sending it. Because technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning have made our lives easy. But it was not as easy as what it is today in the past. So there is an interesting clip on YouTube which goes by the title How to Send an Email Database 1984. And this was from a tech television show called Database. And the presenters demonstrated what it took actually to send an email back in those days. It is a must to watch folks. Alright, so let me tell you what is presented in that video. You had to use a computer and a rotary telephone in order to connect to a service called Micronet. And this was all pre-WWW. And there was no URLs, just numbered web pages. Everyone has to remember the web pages and the web page number for email was 7776. One has to visit that page to send an email and follow a complex process. But now, things are completely different. If you look at Gmail, it has come up with artificial intelligence and machine learning algorithms and it pre-composes the responses for us based on what we receive. Interesting, isn't it? Thank you for listening. There is more in store, folks. Stay tuned. Have a wonderful time. Take care. Be safe. Until next time, bye-bye.